sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome in. This is Diamond Best. We come your way each and every Sunday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Time, across all sports grid platforms, as well as a special hello to our friends out there at Sirius XM. My name is Matt Stryker. His name is Joe Pizzapia. And don't worry, folks, we all have our journalism bracelets on this early morning. Joe Pizzapia, what does your trinket tell you for today? Uh, it tells me that when the light comes on, Matt Stryker shines. Because it was a rough night at the Stryker house. You know, kids uh, sometimes keep you up late, uh, wake you up in the middle of the night. Sometimes waiver wire claims you start obsessing about those in the middle of the night. But my goodness, that little red light comes on and Matt Stryker just, boom, explodes out of the gate. That's what I see, just like this Major League Baseball week has exploded in front of us as well. So let's get to those headlines so Matt can take off the rest of the show because it took everything in his being to give all that energy for that open today. Let's start with Shohei Otani, who threw a gem on Friday against the Mariners. Ten strikeouts for Shohei. Oh, and by the way, he hit a 16th home run last night too, just in case you're keeping score at home on the Otani MVP bid. Freddie Peralta toys with a no-hitter of his own on his 25th birthday. Happy birthday, Freddie P. We love you here on the show. We're big fans, Matt and I. Juan Soto finding his stroke for the Nats. Juan Soto starting to heat up. That is good news. Bad news, though, for the Cardinals. Jack Flaherty's going to miss a significant amount of time with a strained oblique. We're going to dig into that because I don't know what's left in that Cardinal rotation after him. That's what we've been saying for two months. Now we get to find out how deep and dark that might be. And... Last but not least, Major League Baseball is saying it's going to crack down. And I'm using the air quotes just in case you're listening to us on Sirius XM 204. You can feel the air quotes about cracking down on foreign substances. So speaking of foreign substances, Matt Stryker, I'm just curious. Do you think that uh, you're going to see any difference in some spin rates over the next few weeks? Or do you think this is just a lot of sound and fury signifying pretty much nothing? Well, where there is smoke, there is fire. Just ask our producer, Chris Kofsky. He will tell you that that is true. So there has to be a reason that the league is diving so deeply into these type of accusations. I understand spin rate and all these different metrics have really taken an uptick in the last couple of years. But if something is going on, then we have to look at it, how it begins to inform our wagers, right? That's what this show is about. So if someone's doing something they're not supposed to do and it takes away from, say, a K prop that we miss or, or an over-under that we miss, then I'm far more interested. Well, it seems like some odd timing, too. This news comes out. Garrett Cole has a bad start by Garrett Cole standards, for sure. And now oh, people start know. to speculate, which is nonsense. You look back, he was getting squeezed a little bit by the um. But then you see John Means saying, you know, I need a little break. I feel like my, my arm isn't doing too well. Maybe a little soreness, a little dead arm period or whatever. So and, and John Means is another guy that people have talked about quite a bit, going to the glove, going to the hat, all that kind of stuff. And look, I mean, cheating has been around as long as baseball's been around and longer. 
So we shouldn't be surprised by any of this. I always go with the back of hit the ball. You know, just go hit the ball, and then everything kind of just falls into place after that. I want to talk to you about the Cardinals, though, because Carlos Martinez goes into uh, L.A., gives up 10 runs right to the Dodgers. He doesn't get out of the first inning. The rest of this rotation we've been questioning, and I know we're going to break down some of those uh, home and road splits in our next segment later on the program here about guys like Adam Wainwright who aren't necessarily having the best time outside of their home ballparks. What are the Cardinals going to do? Are they now vulnerable, Matt, to the Milwaukee Brewers, to the Cubs, to the Reds in this central? Because Jack Flaherty is not going to be back anytime soon. Well, for our uh, older fans, I am currently recreating Gustav Klimt's The Scream. For our younger fans, think of uh, Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone. Ideas, real question. This is very bad, all kidding aside. Uh, it's my mm-hmm. best impersonation of my great-grandmother growing up, by the way. Uh, yeah, no, this is very bad because with Flaherty going down and guys like Kim are questionable, and, and you mentioned Carlos Martinez, of course, being uh, less than uh, reliable, this becomes very, very frightening for Cardinals wagerers, for Cardinals fans, uh, the reliance that Schultz has done on the bullpen. I don't know how much longer he can do that. So, yeah, this is troublesome. So I am hopeful that a guy like you mentioned, John Means, maybe he's on the trade block they're going to need some arms, the Cardinals. Yeah, with John Means having this injury now, who knows if he's even movable, if he's the acquisition that we want to go after. It's a very difficult situation here, and it starts to open up the bigger conversation, I think, about the Brewers, which is a team I know I was very high on going into the year, Matt a little less so, and then I got kind of scared off because of the Christian Yelich back injury, and I thought, my goodness, here we go. The rest of this offense isn't very good. You take away Yelich, forget it. This offense is atrocious. Keston Hura hasn't hit since he's come back. You look at the rest of this lineup top to bottom. They need help. Christian Yelich needs help. I don't know if it's going to be a Donaldson or somebody like that that you can bring in, a Trey Mancini. There's going to be guys that are available that you can bring in and give a little bit more line of protection. And if you do, I mean, Corbin Burns has been absolutely brilliant this year. We know that. Woodruff has pitched like an ace for a few years. And now Freddie Peralta, the birthday boy, toying with no hitters. I mean, when you look at the Central Division – Maybe all of baseball, too, outside of the Dodgers rotation. Maybe, I don't know if there's a better one, two, three than those three guys. I kind of starting to wonder if now is the time to kind of get in on the Brewers and start to look at them as realistic competitors for that division. Forget making the playoffs, just winning the Central. It might be well within their grasp. Well, we've got a great show within your grasp. So if you stick around, we're going to move between the lines, tell you who's in, who's out, who's going upward, who's going downward, and, of course, all of your wagers in Major League Baseball. So we're just getting started here on Sports Grid. We'll be right back with more Diamond Bets right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Welcome back into Diamondbacks. My name's Matt. His name is Joe. And during the break, we have a very funny conversation about remembering when our uncles, our dads, our aunts, whomever would give us money and the money would smell like their cologne or <laughs> perfume. The reason I bring this up, Joe, is because last week you were right on point. The week before you were as well, helping people win some nice smelling money. So what do That's you have right, for us nice here? Smelling. Well done. I couldn't know how you were going to get out of that. You found a way. Good no job idea. on you, Striker. God, I love you. But it's true. <laughs> As a kid, man, I, I, every time I go to my grandmother's house, you would leave. And then maybe this is a very Italian thing, but she'd, she'd, she'd hug you and kiss you. And then like, you know, here's a, here's a $10 bill or, you know, he's a $20 bill sometimes, you know, and it was just very funny, you know. As Italians, you know, just they just like to tip everybody, even their grandkids. Thanks for coming today. It's good to see you. Here you go. Here's twenty. Let's go to the movies or something like that. But it's true. They it always did smell like whatever it was in the purse or or whatever. Just hilarious though. And there was always hard candy, always hard candy and tip money ready at all times with my grandma. God bless your grandma. All right, like God bless the Chicago Cubs too. Let's start with them oh, because boy. you know you know who would have thought. Who would have thought that the yeah. Cubs would even be kicking around this year the way they have? And, and good job by them because they had an incredible month of May. They're in first place right now. First place in the Central, 32-26. and 26. They are 21-10 and 10 at home. And look, they're 6-4 and four over their last 10. This is a team that's, I think, outperformed any expectations. And the expectations were, we're just going to play this out for a couple months and then probably make a moves with all these guys that are free agents. And all the free agents said, well, wait, wait a minute. We're playing for contracts. And we're all got to, you know, show me the money, basically. We're in that kind of scenario. And who would have thought with some of the injuries that the Cardinals have just had and, you know, some of the slow starts and some issues that the Reds players have had that the Cubs would be looking up. And if you look at the lines right now, it's basically saying, hey, Vegas don't know either. All right, FanDuel's looking at it, trying to figure it out. Minus 110 on both sides for yes or no for them making the playoffs. And I got to tell you, I still lean towards the no. I still look at this pitching and I just say it's not enough. I can't wrap my mind around any other way. I think the Cubs are really kind of fooling themselves in a little bit where they look like they really stack up against the rest of the teams in the National League. I don't think they stack up with the Dodgers or the Padres. I don't know if they stack up with the Mets or Braves either necessarily. I think it's realistic they could go in there and make the playoffs. But then what happens? What happens if they make the playoffs and then all of these players just walk and they don't get anything for them. This is a very dangerous game. This is like a game of chicken, right? I feel like this is what the Cubs are doing right now in Major League Baseball. They're playing this game of chicken. We're in first place. Do we really believe in this team or not to make the playoffs? I'm going to lean towards the no. I think as good as they were in May, I think June comes back a little bit into planet Earth for them. And by July, they're going to be the sellers like everybody thought they would be. That's my feeling. What are your thoughts on the Cubs' chances to make the playoffs? Because right now, if I'm flipping that coin, I'm flipping it for the no. So there's a few things to take into consideration. First and foremost is business. If you look at what teams are going to return to full capacity, you can definitely imagine that Wrigley Field will be jam-packed and rocking, bringing in a lot of that what has been lately elusive midsummer revenue. Now, when you look at some of the books, and that's the beauty of wagering on baseball, is you can shop lines. I saw some of the books having the Cubs move from 500 to 375 on their odds to win the pennant. And that just tells me that 30% of the money of the betters are starting to come around. But I think you make a great point. A lot of the public money, a lot of the early wagering is going to fall on this team. You're right. I don't think they have the arms to do it. So I think it's going to put a lot of people on the losing side. It's going to make a lot of books money, but just not our money. 
Yeah, if they had you Darvish still in that rotation, I might feel very differently about this. Uh, but they don't. And I think that's the end of the day. It's Kyle Hendricks and then everybody else in that rotation. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think it's enough to get it done. And and baseball is a game of streaks. The Cubs are just on a very good one. Usually everybody comes back and plays to the mean a little bit of what you think they're going to be. Uh, the one team that always seems to play above their mean is the Oakland A's, who also find themselves in first place as we sit here on the 6th of June. And the Oakland A's just continue to find ways to get it done. Sean Benaiah's pitched very well. Chris Bassett's pitched very well. Um, you look at this offense, Jed Lowry had a really good month, and Ed Olsen had a great stretch. And a lot of this in the standings has to do with that incredible streak that they went on. But even since then, they've played pretty well. And you look, it's minus 110 on both sides to make the playoffs, to not make the playoffs for the Oakland A's. And for me, Matt, I think I'm going to go and lean towards the yes, because history teaches me one thing about the A's. They always find a way. This team historically always figures it out. They play good baseball. It's a pitcher-friendly environment. It is a dump. It is the worst place that I have ever watched a Major League Baseball game, and I stand by that. And I know it's it's their dump, and everybody, the, the fans there still love it anyway, and that's fair. I went to a lot of games in the vet, too, back in Philadelphia. That place was a dump, <laughs> and everybody loved it there, too. It's okay to embrace the dump. But still, the Oakland A's just somehow figure it out. And Chapman hasn't played well at all for the first two months of the season. If they can get Chapman back on track properly, along with Olsen, Lowry's been very good, Ramon Laureano just went to the IL. They have depth, they have pitching. And at the end of the day, they just always figure it out. They play good baseball. And I think that's something that gets forgotten. Maybe they don't have the star power that a lot of other teams do, but they also benefit from a weak division. Texas is dreadful. The Mariners are not a good baseball team. So when you're beating up on those teams, that's going to keep them relevant. I think Houston's going to overtake them for the division, but I do think the A's will make the playoffs. What are your thoughts on the A's in 21? Well, I think our embrace the dump active wear line will certainly mm-hmm. do well in certain age demographics. Let's just put it like that. Uh, with regards to Oakland, here's the thing, man. Pitching wins, and we've talked about this many times. The Oakland A's are a very unique position where they can legitimately and organically come at you left, right, left, right, left, right, all the way down to the ninth inning if they wanted to. You're also correct about the fact that this team finds ways to win. I think they are built for the postseason. And honestly, there's a dogfight going on in the AL East. The AL Central is beginning to really shake out. So think about it. What does this team need to do? They just need to keep Houston at bay. That's the thing. I don't think the Angels are the threat that people wanted them to be at the top of the season. So the A's, for me, are really a good shot to make the postseason, Joe. Now, when you go around to the other side of the bay out there in Northern California, you're going to find the Giants at the top of the National League West. And I'm sure nobody thought that we'd be sitting here in the first week of June, and it wouldn't be the Padres, and it wouldn't be the Dodgers, but the Giants? The Giants in first place? How could this possibly be? Well, let's take a look at the odds right now to make the playoffs and not make the playoffs because it's certainly a stunning one here. Here you go. To make the playoffs, plus 120 says yes, okay? Minus 148, no. Now, (laughs) this is a fascinating line, very different from the last ones we just did. And I look at the Giants, and I still see a team that is going to come back down to earth, where the Padres and the Dodgers, you know, Dodgers just got Bellinger back. I don't know. To me, I just think eventually the Giants are going to fall back into line. And they've already had a little injury there to Alex Wood. And, you know, we'll see if that pitching can maintain. Gossman's been brilliant. I get it. But I don't know, Matt. I just don't feel like it's going in that direction. 
And then the last but not least, the Toronto Blue Jays, who, once again, I think the Blue Jays have a lot in this farm system where they can add more pieces if they want to. And the Blue Jays, to make the playoffs, are plus 132. No, to make the playoffs, minus 162. I think this is a stay away right now, but I do feel like the Blue Jays are going to find a way to make the playoffs. I think Vlad's going to carry this team there, probably to a wild card. And I think the pitching's been very good, too, when you look at Ray and Ryu and those guys. And if they can add another pitcher and Manoa can bounce back after his second start, which wasn't that great, which was a letdown. But what are your thoughts on the Giants and Blue Jays? Which one of these teams, both, neither, one of them, do you think are playoff teams right now? (laughs) Look, I can go on and on, but for the sake of brevity, it's simple. Just look at the line difference between the Giants to make the playoffs and the Blue Jays to make the playoffs and think, what is the book trying to tell you? For me, they're trying to tell you that it looks like the Blue Jays have just a slightly better chance of making the playoffs, at least in the book's mind. I think San Francisco's fading. A lot of people feel that way as well. All right. One of the most important things to consider when you're making wagers on a nightly basis is the splits, the pitchers that pitch well at home, not so well on the road, or vice versa. We're going to dig into some of those numbers when we come back here on Diamond Bets and tell you which guys you might want to leave out of those props. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back into Diamond Bets. Quick reminder, if you missed anything, remember each and every Sunday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern time, right here across all sports grid platforms, as well as coming through the wonderfully warm-sounding speakers of anyone with a Sirius XM radio or a handheld device. Take us with you everywhere you go. Joe Pizzapia, you and I are talking about how to discern who's real and who isn't. Now, you and I both know there's a difference between staged, choreographed combat and a real fight, but in baseball, we dive into splits to try to get a better picture on the authenticity and validity of a player. So let's do the same now. Yes, the stats don't always tell the story when you're looking at them just in total. Sometimes you got to dig a little deeper. You got to find out some guys might be road warriors and other guys might be homebodies and some others, well, they might not just be good altogether. But <laughs> there is something to glean from some of these splits too when you're making your wagers because you might notice ah, this guy's DRA is kind of high. Why is this team favor tonight or or vice versa? So if you look at these first guys here we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about some of the guys that are doing better at home than on the road. For some reason, they don't like to not sleep in their own bed. They don't like to pack a suitcase. I don't know what it is, but for some reason, the road has not been kind to some of these guys. So let's start with Blake Snell because this is a split here where Blake Snell, home and road, could not be more stark. I mean, we are talking massively different. So let's talk about, so far this season, 32 home innings for Blake Snell, a 1.65 ERA, 50 Ks, 13 walks, a .98 whip. Hey, there he is. There's Blake Snell. But then 
Then he goes on the road. What in the hell is going on? 21 innings, a 9-7-0 ERA, 30 Ks, 19 walks, and a whip at 211. So this is going to work itself out a little bit, but it's certainly a trend worth understanding, worth recognizing, and something you might be able to wager on because Blake Snell and the Padres could very well be road favorites in certain games. But if you look at the ERA so far, what Blake Snell has done, you have every reason to possibly go against that and bet the other side until these numbers kind of actualize. Now, this week against the Mets, he had a great start, but it was at home. I just want to remind everybody, you could say, oh, well, Blake Snell's kind of figuring it out. Well, maybe he is, but he's been doing this at home quite a bit. It's the road that seems to be the problem. Also, if you are wagering, and let's say he has a terrible start on the road, and then he comes back home and people are a little worried about him, there's an opportunity because he's been so good there. You can go all in with your chips because he has been, frankly, dominant there. So Blake Snell certainly is one guy where the home and road splits are incredibly drastic, Matt. Yep, a thousand percent. It's something that the savvy wagerer will see. You made up a great point. A lot of people may fade or be off of Blake Snell because he doesn't have a good start on the road. But also on a grander picture, a lot of people are fading or being off Blake Snell for the amount of innings that he's throwing. I think a lot of wagerers would like to see him get past the sixth, but I am not so certain that this isn't a plan from the organization. Think about what their goal is. I don't think that their goal would be easily achieved. The guy like Blake Snell was 212 innings deep come playoff time. So let's keep that in mind when you're making your wagers on Snell. Another pitcher that has been winning a lot of people money, if you're smart, if you watch shows like this, is a guy like Adam Wainwright. And we've been talking about some potential Cardinal pitching woes. So let's dive into Wayno. Well, you mentioned this offhanded last week, and I didn't even quite realize it. So I had, of course, go dig deep for the stats. And boy, oh boy, was Matty Stryker right about this one. Look at the road home splits for this guy. At home for Adam Wainwright this year. 48 innings, a 2.63 ERA, 42 Ks, 11 walks, and a one whip. That is fantastic. On the road, not so much. 18 innings, an 8-2-0 ERA, 19 Ks, 8 walks, 1-7-7 whip. Yikes, not good. And Adam Wainwright's got to step up here and kind of be an ace for the next couple weeks. And if you're going to be an ace while Jack Flaherty is out, then you need to pitch well everywhere, not just at home, not just in St. Louis, not just in front of the the favorable crowd, but you've got to pick up the road show and you got to make it work and you got to be a road warrior. And right now those numbers are not bearing it out. And this is not a good scene right now. If you are the Cardinals, you've got to get this rotation right. Goldschmidt, Arenado, Carlson, Edmonds, a really good top of the order here. O'Neill's hit very well, but you can't win games if you're giving up five, six runs. It's probably not going to happen. So the starting pitching really has to step up here and Wainwright has to. I guess here's the question. This is a veteran pitcher. Do you think the veteran pitcher here responds to the bell, Matt, and basically says, wow, I got to step up in this void and kind of fill this shoe here that I haven't in quite some time. I was once the ace of the staff. Can he be the ace of the staff for the next two months with Flaherty on the shelf? What's the old saying? The mind is willing, but the body cannot comply. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whether or not Wainwright realizes it, can he physically do it? That's the thing. And to a bigger picture, we're talking about uh, postseason and and which teams have a chance. If things stay the way they are, the Cardinals may be finding themselves fighting it out for a play-in game with a team like, say, the Philadelphia Phillies who also have an ace whose home road splits 
wouldn't necessarily dictate to the fact that he is this team's SP1. He is. Uh, Zach Wheeler's probably pitched better, more consistently yes. this year than Aaron Nola. But I'm with you. Aaron Nola is still the best pitcher in this rotation regardless. But the problem why we never mention Aaron Nola in the same breath as the Coles and Biebers and DeGroms is because he does have splits sometimes or, or runs where he's not quite that good or he has a couple hiccup starts in a row, and that always holds him back. But if you look at the home road splits, you'll see it very drastically here once again. 30 innings this year at home, 2-3-5 ERA, 40 Ks, 5 walks, a 1.10 whip, right? That's pretty good stuff. That's ace. That's uh, young quality stuff we're talking about there. Look at that, 40 Ks and 30 innings. Oh, my, that's dominant. But then we go on the road, 39 innings on the road. The ERA is 4.99. It is right there at 5. 38 strikeouts, 10 walks. So the K walk ratio is always good. That whip is 1.29. But for some reason, on the road, has not been friendly to Aaron Nola. And it is, you know, I, I get it. You know, most players, athletes are all creatures of habit. I'm sure there's something about that home mound, something about the routine, something about sleeping in your own bed, whatever it might be, that there's a comfortability factor with a lot of players, especially pitchers, where that routine is very comfortable. And when you go on the road, it's a different mound than you used to. It's a different ballpark than you used to. It's a different, right. you know, sight, sound, smells, all that other stuff, right? But the greats, Pitch great everywhere. Just take a look at Jacob DeGrom and why he's at the top of the hill and everybody else is kind of looking up at him because that's a guy who's just dominating all over the place. So if Aaron Nola can kind of change these stars a little bit, maybe the Phillies can get back into this thing a little bit, especially if Wheeler can maintain what he's done. But this is another guy, very difficult to figure out. And last but not least, this is a fun one because this is the reverse. This is one we don't get all the time where the guy, I guess, doesn't like his own bed. I guess this guy is not too happy about being at home. Maybe is he's got teenage kids now and they're annoying or whatever that might be. But for some reason, Zach Greinke finds a lot more solace on the road than at home. It's a very different split. So let's take a look at Zach Greinke of the Houston Astros. Now, his Ks have gone down a little bit overall, but he's still a really good pitcher. And I mean pitcher, the art of pitching, location, up, right. down, left, right, all that stuff, changing speeds. Look at the road Numbers, 42 innings pitch for him, a 1-5-0 ERA, 29 strikeouts, 6 walks, .74 whip. Dazzling, spectacular. Zach Granke, the guy you don't want to face on the road. Then he comes home. He's supposed to be eating his meals there at home. All the home cooking, the family time, all this stuff. I don't know what it is. Maybe he doesn't like pitching this ballpark. I don't know what's going on with Zach Granke this year. But look at the home numbers. 40 innings for him, a 5-3-2 ERA. 31 strikeouts, 10 walks, and a 1-4-5 whip. That is very drastic and an odd split, one that you wouldn't normally, you know, basically go right. to. And I think the point that we're going to make here on the show today is most of the time you'll see a home team like the Astros, a very good lineup with a very good pitcher of renown, with Zach Greinke, who's got very good overall numbers, be the favorite. But these numbers are telling you something else. And deep down it's telling you, they're very vulnerable when Granky is at home. That makes whoever they are facing that night in that building against Zach Granky, in my opinion, the real favorite, whether or not the line tells you that. So what are your thoughts here on what could possibly be eating Zach Granky here at home? 
<laughs> well, there's a couple of things that jump out. First and foremost, when you're looking at the stats of both Nola and Granky, you want to dive a little deeper. If you are truly a diamond better, then the next thing you're going to see is, hmm, there's a huge discrepancy between ERAs here. Let me go to another metric. Let me go look at FIP because FIP is always going to tell me who's lucky and who isn't. Secondly, to a great point you made, anytime now, this week at least, next two weeks, you see Granky starting on the road, that means you might get the Astros a plus money. And it's definitely something to consider depending on the matchup here. And don't sleep on those first five plays as well because those can net you some plus money also. Yeah, and, and look, baseball is a game of streaks. A lot of things will marginalize. But there's also enough of the season now where, as you're looking here, yes. we got 82 innings of Zach Greinke to digest, and it's almost a dead-even split, right? You've got 40 at home, 42 on the road, and you have a pretty good picture of what Zach Greinke's been. It's not like in April where you go, oh, well, look at this guy's got a terrible right. road ERA. He's had two starts there. Who cares? Nobody cares. But when you have 80 innings we can digest now, right. we actually can use this data to our advantage, and we're trying to get everybody here at Diamond Bets on Sports Grid to do the same because Matt's right. All of a sudden, Zach Greinke, you might get plus money with those Astros on the road somewhere, and you might want to take that every day and twice on Sunday. But the inverse is true, too. Be very careful of the home favorite Zach Greinke starts for at least the time being until he shows you otherwise. And sometimes it's just a mental thing, too. Sometimes the guys just maybe press a little bit in front of the home crowd. You've got all kinds of different reasons of things going on, maybe have an impact on these splits. But one thing is true. These splits are real. And there's enough to go on here that you can start working them in to your wagers on a daily basis on FanDuel. Now, when we come back, we're going to talk about some players having some great runs and some not so great runs. So stick around here on Diamondback for three up and three down with me and the striker. Be right back, right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back into Diamond Bets, uh, what I like to think of the crown jewel in the sports grid programming. And you know something that's interesting? Mm -hmm. Our hosts here on this network have such a wide array of follicular, you know, what, what's the word? A wide array of hair. You know, you've got Joe Pizzapia mm -hmm. who has no hair at all. You have mm -hmm. me that has absolute rat's nest. You have Davis Maddock, beautiful hair. Ariel Epstein always on point. I'm wondering, our producer Chris Kofsky, I wonder what kind of hair day he is having. Perhaps we can find out, but I think what's more important, Joe, is finding out which three players are having an up week, which three players are having a down week. So let's go with three up and three down. Let's let the hair flow. I always picture Chris just in the hat. You know, I just always see always. that update picture always. of him, and he's just always got the baseball hat on and brushing his teeth, going to bed, going out to Sleep party. Working, you know, I mean, he might change, you know, it depends on the hat. You know, he's got his going out hat. He's got his at the club hat. <laughs> going he's got different out hats. Hat. 
Yeah, you know, Chris is going out to the club now. He's got his vaccinations. He's out there rock and rolling again. He's a single man out there. And by the way, ladies, he is a catch. Just want you to know if you should roll up and say, hey, are you see Chris Kosky from Sports Grid out there at the club? Just know he's good people, all right? I'm just telling you right now, he's good people. Buy him a cocktail. That's all. And tell him it's on us. All right, let's get to three up and three down and talk about some guys having some good runs here because that's what we want. We want guys to get hot, give us some productivity, start to look like some sluggers. And how about Jonathan Scope, somebody we haven't given a lot of love to. And the Tigers are a team that certainly needs a little bit of caring and a little bit of love because it's tough times in Detroit. Let's be honest. But brighter futures ahead possibly for them. But look, last 13 games for Mr. Scope, six home runs, 12 ribbies, a 412 batting average, and a 1297 OPS. Good stuff here from Jonathan Scope. And Jonathan Scope is a very streaky player. So he will look terrible for 14, 15 games and then put up a stretch for two weeks like this. And that's just something you have to understand about certain players. But the good news is when a guy like Scope gets hot, from a player prop perspective, which is a lot of alliteration this early in the morning, <laughs> but I did it anyway for you because that's what we do here on Time and Bets. Jonathan Scope could be a guy that gets red hot, all of a sudden carries you on a lot of overs on those numbers. So keep an eye on Jonathan Scope right now. He is in one of these hot streaks, and it's something to pay attention to despite the lackluster Detroit Tiger uh, lineup at times. However, he's not the only guy having a good week. Some new kid, I don't know if you heard of him, uh, Fernando uh, Tatis Jr. Jr. Uh, he's new. He's new to baseball. He's pretty good at it. 13 games for Fernando Tatis Jr. in the last two weeks. Six home runs, 19 RBI, 341 batting average at 1247 OPS. The guy just keeps on getting it done. And, it, you know, nothing can stop this guy. Shoulder injury, the COVID. Uh, he missed the game the other night for something. I don't even know what it is, but this guy's just a, he's an absolute monster. He's a machine and he does it with such a flair to him and Vlad Guerrero jr. All the juniors right now are getting it done, but you sit back and you're watching Tatis and it's really tough not to start to put him in that MVP conversation. And I know he's in that conversation, but I think him and Acuna should be a little bit closer. And it feels like if the Padres can just get Snell right all the time, can have you Darvish, and him together at the top of this rotation, if Manny Machado can stay healthy and some of these other pieces can kind of start to contribute, that the Padres can go on a run here in the second half and Tatis is just carrying this team. I mean, it's very difficult, Matt, when I think a young player has big expectations and then not only does he deliver, but he over-delivers. It's something we're not always used to. But for you, when you're watching Tatis Jr., I mean, how incredible is it to watch this guy and the star power he has and basically what, appointment television, every time he's up at the plate, you want to <laughs> see what he's going to do. And that makes him a special player. It's like Soto and Cunha. All those guys are like that. You know, it's funny because I'm used to people, uh, what is it, under-promising and over-delivering. But that's not the case here with Tatis because it seems like it's an over-promise and an over-deliver. And, yes, yeah. it is a lot of fun to watch this player. And as someone that's wagering on baseball, it's a lot of fun to wager on this player. What I think is interesting is if you put the scope and the Tatis numbers next to one another, exact same sample size of 13 games, everything's the same except for the batting average. If I told you that Jonathan Scope was hitting – 
about 70 points better than Fernando Tatis across 13 games, you tell me I'm nuts. But there's ways to win with Detroit. You can win with Scope. You can win with Robbie Grossman. You can win with Condelaria, who's riding an on-base streak. So don't sleep on the pr- player props on poor teams, alliteration aside. But on yeah. the Tatis side of things, I see what I did there. Well done. I love it. Yeah, Yeah, baby. That means Chris Kofsky is out of the conversation. Um, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, man, as far as Tatis goes, he's a fun guy to be winning money with thus far, and I think that's going to continue. But pitchers have been a little harder to decipher. Your thoughts on a particular national? Well, it's nice to see old man Scherzer looking like old man Scherzer again. (laughs) So he is not done yet, boys and girls, and maybe he's going to be doing it for another team. I don't know. I mean, the Nats don't look like they're really – possibly going to compete in this National League East this year. But 20 innings for him over his last few games, 28 strikeouts, just three walks, a 2-1 ERA, and a .73 whip. So Max Scherzer has been absolutely dominant. He's looked like the Max Scherzer of old, and this is a pitcher that can really help a team. Now here's the question, Matt. Which team can he help? Is it going to be a team like the Cardinals making this kind of a move? Is it another team that we don't even see coming out of nowhere, potentially, getting in this conversation? Because with Strasburg back on the IL again with this trap muscle issue, it's really tough to look at the Nats, even with Soto and even with some of the talent they have, and really look at them as contenders. But Max Scherzer is a game-changing pitcher. If you can get him, in your mind, is there a favorite spot? Is it the Yankees that come knocking for Max Scherzer? And if so... How does that all of a sudden change the dynamic of the American League East when you add Scherzer and Cole to that rotation together? My gosh, could you imagine? That would be so wonderful, but I think the more likely landing spot would be a place like Houston. Uh, I, I would love to see him in St. Louis. I just don't think that they would put him to stay in the National League, they being the Nationals. But yeah, man, the Yankees are certainly an option, uh, a raise rental if they had it and were willing to part with some talent, that could be an option. But I think seeing Cole in an Astros sweater, using a hockey term, come playoff time is most likely. I'd love to see the odds on it, though. No, oh, yeah. If Scherzer you could get there to the Astros, that would be interesting. All right, let's go to the down because anything that comes up must come down. And it's been a really good <laughs> season for Andy Rosarena. I'll take the L on that one. I thought it wouldn't be good. But I'm going to take a little mini victory lap, just one lap. Not, not a lot, just one quick lap. They had a nice brisk pace because the last two weeks have not been good for Andy Rosarena. No home runs, three RBI, hitting a buck 76 with a 448 OPS. Again, not OBP, not slugging, OPS. That's when you put them all together, boys and girls, and that is an ugly number. <laughs> it's not good. So Randy Rosarena, maybe having a bad stretch, and that's okay. This happens sometimes. Guys go hot and cold. It's been a good season overall for Randy Rosarena, so not taking anything away from him. Just saying this recent sample size has not been great. And I'm just saying that I'm getting a little annoyed that we're here another week and Wander Franco is still hitting home runs in AAA and not in the major <laughs> leagues. I don't know what's going on. I'm not going to be happy until Wander Franco is up and playing at the big league level. And I'm just going to continue to sit here in my spite store every Sunday until it happens here on SportsGrid. Uh, so not only Randy Rosarena, but some other players too. Keston Hira has not been good. They sent him down to AAA to get right. And then he got right. You look great in AAA. You look like Keston Hira. And he's come back. In the last nine games since he's been back, no home runs, no RBIs, 042 batting average, and no do not adjust your television sets, a 
157 OPS. Now, Matt, I don't know about you, yes. but this is not good. This is a bad situation that <laughs> Keston here is in. This is a fork in the road. So I'm going to ask you to put your napkin in right up here and take this fork out and tell me where are we going with Keston Hero? Okay. Because the Milwaukee Brewers need somebody else to step up. Hero was supposed to be that guy. This was a player that was earmarked to be a batting champion. He's in a buck 42. And I know it's a small sample, but the whole season collectively is a big enough sample to be very worried about Keston Hero. What's going on? Can it get better? Because I don't know if it can get worse. So, folks, I'm going to pull back the curtain, the fourth wall here. Look, in this industry, you have so many people that get up in front of a camera and they just read stuff. But on this network, I can tell you from personal experience that the hosts actually watch the sport. And that gives you different types of insight. When you're talking about a Rosarena and Hira, both of them, they can't hit the breaking stuff. That's why Hira was sent down with the inability for pitch recognition to be able to see what's coming next or at least be able to guess just a little closer than, than say someone off the street. And I think that's the big problem with Hira. With a Rosarena, the league has caught up with him. They saw what he did in the small sample size during the postseason and now they're starting to keep him off balance. Remember, it's the same thing we saw the league do to Aaron Judge. The question is, is a Rosarena have the same acumen and pedigree as, say, a guy like Aaron Judge to be able to make the adjustments? Continue to watch baseball. Box scores are not going to tell you which pitch he struck out on, which pitch he was fooled on. To me, as a diamond better, that's one of the most important things you can do. Watch the sport on which you're wagering. Yes, not everything is stats. Some of it is much more than that. Uh, and unfortunately, another pitcher that had some pretty good stats, but is now trending in the wrong direction, who also could be a starting pitcher that could help a team and might still get dealt anyway. Somebody might take a flyer on him is Matthew Boyd. Over his last three games, he got 14 innings. He's given up 21 hits. Yeesh, not good. That is way too many hits. Eight walks. Okay. The ERA is at 8.59 and the whip is at 1.84. Matthew Boyd. Is having a bad stretch. So I don't know what you got to do. You got to, you know, change the mojo, change something up. I don't know. Stay away from throwing for a couple days, throw more for a couple days, figure something out because it's not good. And Matthew Boyd is in a situation where if he pitches well, he's the bell of the ball. Somebody's going to want Matthew Boyd on their rotation. There's a lot of teams right now that could use some starting pitching. And Matthew Boyd's a lefty could help them. But you know what? Not when you're pitching like this. Nobody's going to want you. You're going to have to stay there in Detroit. And I don't think he wants to do that. So hopefully he turns things around. Now, I also want to follow up on how we started this segment because this is up and down, right? We do the ups, we do the downs. But at the right. same time, uh, Chris Kosky has updated us on the hair situation. And I got to say, uh, we have a, a text picture here that Chris texted you and I. Uh, he, he looks great. The hair is fresh, man. He's got the cool new haircut, the the clean shaven Chris Kosky, no more beards. So you see him all grizzled with the hat. Now he's, he's happy-go-lucky. He's out there. Ladies, I'm telling you right now, Chris Kowski is out there. Fine, Chris Kowski, but the up might be the hair in the face and the whole thing going on. The down is the horizontal, uh, the, the vertical striped shirt, excuse me, that's just, it's not, I don't know what's going on. He looks like a European soccer judge. I don't know what he's wearing this morning, why he's oh doing this, gosh. but I, I don't know what's going on. What's happening here? Chris, Chris, you gotta, you gotta we'll take you out. We're going to do like the whole pretty woman thing. We're going to take you out. We're going to get you set up with some, some better shirts. It's not a good shirt, especially when you're young and handsome. You're not old like Matt and myself. We got to get you out there. No, no vertical stripes. What do you think, Matt? You, you in for the vertical stripes or no? 
Well, here's the thing. Uh, for those listening on radio, you'll have to check us out on video. But I was going to hold up the picture that Chris sent to the camera. But when I saw that you didn't do it, I, I felt a bit apprehensive. But all kidding aside, one thing I can tell you about every producer here, no matter how silly their haircut looks, no matter if they're wearing a Juventus knockoff shirt, whatever it is, again, they all do love sports, as does everyone here at Sports Grid. And I think that's why it's important when you talk about our money and where we want to put it. It's shows like this that really have responsibility and respect, you know, not only for our listeners, but also for people that are willing to put down their hard-earned money on a great sport, in this case, baseball and diamond bets. Yeah, just don't put it down on the vertical stripes. That's just don't put your money down there. <laughs> we're going to talk about the anniversary of a trade that's made a huge impact in Major League Baseball and what might have been for the organization that made that trade. Stick around. More diamond bets right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into Diamondbacks, and I want you to know how much all of us enjoy working with each other. We come your way each and every Sunday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern time across all sports grid platforms, and of course, special hello and thank you to everyone out there at Sirius XM land. Joe Pizzapia, you are the mind that brought everyone the Black Book series, and I'm curious to know, what did your mind think when you heard about the trade that sent Fernando Tatis in exchange for James Shields' And cash. Mm. What was your initial thought? Mm. Well, was my that initial your initial thought, thought right there? Mm. <laughs> mm. Well, you know, it's uh, it reminds me of an old uh, hip hop soul tune from the '90s. Do you know what today is? It's our anniversary. It's our anniversary of Fernando Tatis Jr. getting dealt for James Shields. And I mean, I think at the time we all thought, well, you know, it's maybe you know the White Sox are just trying to you know, get that other starting pitcher, make a run here. And, you know, you, you knew Fernando Tatis Jr. was a high-end prospect, but this was a long time ago. He was still a teenager, my goodness. He was just a boy. He was younger than Chris Kofsky. That's how young he was. But to think <laughs> right now what that White Sox team would look like if they had Fernando Tatis Jr., Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez, Jose Abreu, wow. Andrew Vaughn, Nick Madrigal, Oh my goodness. Like that is the one thing to sit back. If you're a White Sox fan, you got to sit and say, man, what could have been that? Well, I, I think a lot of people understand that it would not have been Tatis, Robert and Jimenez together. I, I just don't see that being mathematically plausible. So uh, when you look at it, actually, Robert and Jimenez aren't on the team right now. So that to me is huge. Would you put Tatis there? Would they still be doing what they're doing? And I think the biggest thing here, we're burying the lead is what happened to Eric Johnson, man? The cliffs are yeah. over. I mean, that's the piece in this trade, bro. Eric, I know you're watching today. So shout out to Eric Johnson. Don't worry. We got your back, buddy. 
where he got your back. All right, we got everyone else's back in the second hour of today's show. We're going to look ahead to the matchups that matter, your FanDuel investments, ask the important questions, and answer them all in hour two right here on SportsGrid. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back right after this. 